0: I'm your host, Catherine Simhadri. Have a break and listen to Kate's take. Today we will be talking about environmental injustice and how it affects us. The majority of you probably already know a little bit about environmental injustice, after all the movement and its appearance on the news a couple of times. I'm here to elaborate more on those topics. The subtopics that I'll be covering today will be environmental racism and climate justice. A short podcast will never be enough to stress the importance of these inequalities, but my main goal is to let you, the audience, know more about these inequalities. Hope you'll enjoy this discussion of environmental injustice. Stay tuned in to learn more. To start off, let's ask the question, what is inequality? Well, recently, we've paid more attention to the historic economic downturn due to COVID-19 leaving millions unemployed, and Black Lives Matter protests have reignited discussions about systemic racism, inequality, as well as police reform. In addition to these topics that dominate the headlines, long-term issues such as food insecurities and climate justice are still ongoing. The list of social issues in the U.S. and around the globe in 2021 can seem overwhelming. Inequality has existed for as long as we have. Some inequalities such as environmental racism and climate justice are an example of problems that haven't been discussed too much. To better understand these injustices, it is beneficial to look at some examples of environmental injustice and climate justice found across the country. There are many examples from the past decade that have become important parts of how the country views and responds to environmental injustices rather than one that is purely environmental or physical. This is done by relating the causes and effects of climate change to concepts of justice, particularly environmental justice and social justice. The effects of climate change can be seen all over the news from wildfires in Australia to record-breaking temperatures in the Arctic. One recent paper found that polar bears could be nearly extinct by the end of this century. This might seem like a problem for scientists, not social workers, or even us, but climate change can put a strain on resources and impact the well-being of entire communities. In reality, addressing climate justice can positively affect many of the other issues on this list. Another predicament that I'll be covering in environmental justice will be environmental racism. Now, environmental racism is a topic that you might not have heard of as it isn't as publicized as climate justice. So, environmental racism happens when people are disproportionately impacted by environmental factors because of discrimination. It can happen for a variety of reasons and involve multiple types of discrimination. For example, socioeconomic status plays a major part in which groups are affected by man-made environmental hazards. I will talk about environmental racism in depth in the next segment. Keep listening for more on environmental racism. For 40 years, research has proven that people of color, low-income communities, and ethnic minorities suffer the effects of environmental contamination more than other communities. The Flint, Michigan water crisis and the Dakota Pipeline protests serve as national examples of environmental injustices, but similar issues affect communities across the country and the world. The situation in Flint, Michigan is one of the leading examples. A story of environmental injustice and bad decision making. The water crisis in Flint, Michigan began in 2014 when the city switched its drinking water supply from Detroit system to the Flint River in a cost-saving move. Flint is a town in Michigan that is facing major water contamination and leads exposure thanks to the actions of its government. The city didn't perform enough research before switching its water supply, thus the result. The water system was highly contaminated with lead and other waste products that had been dumped into a river. This was only a dilemma to some. It only affected the minorities and low socioeconomic classes that couldn't fix the problem or find another source of water or leave the area. Many people were sick due to exposure to the contaminants. Even worse, the problem has not been resolved. Many people who cannot afford an alternative are stuck in the area and continue to be exposed to health hazards. An extra example of environmental racism would be the Dakota Access Pipeline. The Dakota Access Pipeline, or the DAPL, is a $3.7 billion project that would transport crude oil from the bacon oil field in North Dakota to a refinery to Petoka, Illinois, near Chicago. The pipeline was to run from the bacon oil fields in western North Dakota to southern Illinois, crossing beneath the Missouri and Mississippi rivers, as well as under part of Lake Oahe near the Standing Rock Indian Reservation. The local Standing Rock Sioux tribe and thousands of Native American supporters from across North America have set up camps in Cannonball to try and block the oil project. Opponents of the DAPL say that the project threatens sacred native lands and could contaminate their very water supply from the Missouri River which is the longest river in North America. The construction is also seen as a direct threat to ancient burial grounds and cultural sites of historic importance. In April 2016 youth from the Standing Rock and surrounding Native American communities organized a campaign to stop the pipeline calling themselves Respect Our Water. Activists call themselves water protectors and argue that the pipeline poses similar threats to the now-defeated Keystone, but lament that DAPL has failed to garner the same amount of national attention. Tribal leaders also say that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers' initial decision was to allow the pipeline to run within a half mile of the local reservation was done without consulting the tribal government and without a thorough study of impacts. Inspired by the youth, several adults, including Joy Braun of the Indigenous Environmental Network and tribal historian, the Donna Brave Bull Allard, established a water protector's camp as a center for direct action, spiritual resistance to the pipeline, cultural preservation and and defense of indigenous sovereignty. The no DAPL hashtag began to trend on social media and gradually the camps at Standing Rock grew to thousands of people. There are tons of other examples of environmental racism but these can summarize what environmental racism is. As you can see, This is a real-world problem, and we should publicize these issues more. So right now, if you have a chance, I'd like for you to support these movements in any way possible. Even a simple post on your social media can help a lot. In our next segment, I will talk about the other side of the coin, climate justice. What is climate justice? To answer that, let's look at climate change. Climate change is an inherently social issue that can upset anyone's daily life in countless ways. But not all the climate impacts are created equal, or even distributed equally. From extreme weathers to rising sea levels, the effects of climate change often have disproportionate effects on historically marginalized or underserved communities. Climate justice is a term, and more than that, a movement that acknowledges climate change can have different social, economic, public health, and other adverse impacts on underprivileged populations. Advocates for climate justice are striving to have these inequalities addressed head-on through long-term mitigation and adaptation strategies. After Greta Thunberg's rallies, I hope you know that our world is crumbling. This problem has been discovered in the early 19th century When ice ages and other natural changes in paleoclimate were first suspected and the natural greenhouse effect was first identified. Climate change wasn't at its peak back then, and everyone thought this is completely normal. In the present, climate change plays scratch that. It will damage our future generations' lives. A pretty big role in our lives. It may damage the earth may become uninhabitable. It may all seem incredibly unworthy of your time. You may think it's all just a hoax, or you just don't care about what happens in the future. Or you just don't care what will happen in the future. But let me lay it out for you. If your anxiety about global warming is dominated by fears of sea level rise, you are barely scratching the surface of what terrors are possible even within the life of a teenager today. And yet, the swelling seas, the cities they will drown, have so dominated the picture of global warming and so overwhelmed our capacity for climate panic, that they have occluded our perception of other threats, many much closer at hand. Rising oceans are bad, in fact very bad, but fleeing the coastline will not be enough. Indeed, absent a significant adjustment to how billions of humans conduct their lives parts of the earth will likely become close to uninhabitable and other parts horrifically inhospitable as soon as the end of this century. Even when we train our eyes on climate change, we are unable to comprehend its scope. This past winter, a string of days, 60 and 70 degrees warmer than normal, baked the North Pole, melting the permafrost that encased Norway's Svalbard Seed walt. BEEP, Norway's Svalbard Seed Vault, a global food bank nicknamed Doomsday, designed to ensure that our agriculture survives any catastrophe, and which appeared to have been flooded by climate change less than 10 years after being built. The Doomsday Vault is fine for now. The structure has been secured and the seeds are safe. Treating the episode as a parable of impending flooding missed the more important news. Until recently, permafrost was not a major concern for climate scientists, because as the name suggests, it was soil that stayed permanently frozen. But Arctic permafrost contains 1.8 trillion tons of carbon, more than twice as much as is currently suspended in the Earth's atmosphere. When it thaws and is released, the carbon may evaporate as methane, which is, t- which is 34 times as powerful, a greenhouse gas warming blanket, as carbon dioxide when judged on the timescale of a century. When judged on the timescale of two decades, it's 86 times as powerful. Maybe you know that already. There are alarming stories in the news every day, like those. Last month, that seemed to suggest satellite data showing the globe warming since 1998 more than twice as fast as scientists had thought. In fact, the underlying story was considerably less alarming than the headlines. Or the news from Antarctica this past May, when a crack in an ice shelf grew 11 miles in 6 days, then kept going. The break now has just 3 miles to go. By the time you heard this, it may have already met the open water. But it will drop into the sea, one of the biggest icebergs ever. A process known poetically as calving. There have been so many news articles about this. Rallies, headlines, podcasts dedicated to just this. But what are we doing? What can we do to ensure the lives of our future generations? We will talk about this in the next segment. What we all can do to stop these injustices. This segment will be dedicated to what you and others are doing to stop climate change and environmental racism. United under Swedish activist Greta Thunberg, young people rallied worldwide on Friday to demand urgent action to halt catastrophic climate change in their first global protest since the coronavirus began. In Stockholm, Thunberg and a handful of members of her group, Fridays for Future, assembled outside Parliament with science bearing slogans, including Stop denying the climate is dying. We need to treat the climate crisis as a crisis. It's just as simple as that. The climate crisis has never once been treated as a crisis, and unless we treat it as a crisis, we won't be able to so-called solve it, Thunberg told reporters. Poor, rural, and overwhelmingly black Warren County, North Carolina, the county became the focus of national attention. The dump trucks first rolled into Warren County in mid-September 1982 headed for a newly constructed hazardous waste landfill in the small community of Athens but many frustrated residents and their allies furious that state officials had dismissed concerns over pcbs leaching into drinking water supplies met the trucks and they stopped them lying down on roads leading into the landfill six weeks of marches and nonviolent street protests followed and more than 500 people were arrested the first arrests in U.S. history over the siting of a landfill. The people of Warren County ultimately lost the battle. The toxic waste was eventually deposited in that landfill. But their story, one of the ordinary people driven to desperate measures to protect their homes from a toxic assault, drew national media attention and fired the imaginations of people across the country who had lived through similar injustice. The street protests and legal challenges mounted by the people of Warren County to fight the landfill are considered by many to be the first major milestone in the national movement for environmental justice. You may not be able to contribute this much, but I understand. Simple things you can do to stop environmental racism are, go to some rallies if possible, educate your friends and families about this, post on social media about it. The more people know about this, the more they're going to pay attention. Even the littlest actions are going to make a difference. With climate change on the rise, you can do multiple things to ensure it won't get worse. In both cases, you must publicize this. By voicing your concerns via social media or better yet, directly to your elected officials, you send a message that you care about the warming world. Encourage Congress to enact new laws that limit carbon emissions and require polluters to pay for the emissions they produce. Use renewable energy if you can. Support more organizations that are working on this situation, like Ecosia for example. It's free as well. Take shorter showers, turn off the tap while brushing your teeth, and switch to water sense labeled fixtures and appliances. Try to go vegan. This will make a huge change. Use the mode of transport that will leave the least amount of carbon emissions. Try to do a carpool. Take the bus. Walk to your destination if you can. Use less plastic. Take your bags to the shopping market. You can make a change you have the power to and don't take it lightly. We've talked about different types of environmental injustices today and what you can do to help these causes. I hope that you, the audience, will try and support one of these causes and that you will be more careful with what you do as everything we do affects our environment. It would be great if you could share this and spread awareness about this. Try your best to support these causes and fight for a cleaner environment. In the next episode of Kate's Take, we will talk about pop culture and its influence on our lives. You've made it to the end of this episode. Thanks for sticking around and wish to see y'all next time.